G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Okay, so the going gets tough. Storm hits. Now what? Let's meet a woman who's been there, done that, and see what we can learn from her. The woman's name? Hannah. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thanks so much for joining me again. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the tough times in your life from a different perspective. And please stay tuned because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about our free daily devotional, Fresh, to help you live your life in the victory that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. We're going to meet someone today who was dealt a cruel blow in her life. She's a beautiful young woman called Hannah, who to the taunts of those around her, remained childless for many years. And yet in the midst of this most painful storm of her life, she discovered a peace. A peace that surpassed all understanding. Doesn't matter who we are or where we're at in life, storms are going to come along and hit us when we least expect them. We can't change that. But what we do in the middle of that storm, well, it makes such a huge difference. And that's why I'd love to have the opportunity to spend just the next few minutes sharing in Hannah's journey. Because I have this hunch that there are just a few of us who need that encouragement today. Is that a reasonable thing to do? And maybe, maybe there's no storm in your life at the moment. Maybe there's clear blue sky. Well, that's fabulous. But what we discover together in these next few moments might just be something that you can tuck away in your heart and pull out the next time those storm clouds start brewing. If you've got a Bible, grab it, because we're going to have a bit of a look at the book of First Samuel, the first few chapters over these coming days and weeks. We're going to discover a truth that we kind of know, we should know, and yet it kind of gets lost in the world, world that we live in. It's a me-centered world. We keep on going to God and asking for these things for me, me, me. You know, I, I sometimes think that we're trying to turn him into a performing poodle. You know, God, do tricks on my command. When I say now, jump. When I say now, deliver this. You think there's a risk of that? I, I think there is in a, in a very me-centered world. It may seem harsh, but you turn God the wrong way around and you get dog, right? Am I expecting God to dance to my tune or, or am I dancing to his tune? Good question. So we're going to explore in this story and it begins with a storm, a woman called Hannah. And it turns out she's going through some really rough times, but she, she has the creator-creature relationship the right way up. This is what the story says in, in the book of 1 Samuel. There was a certain man from Ramathim, a Zuphite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zulf. He was an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah, the other one Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah didn't. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were the priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to go and sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters, 
But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Pretty rough, wasn't it? It's a real storm. Anybody who's been through that pain of, of not being able to have children, imagine someone else who has kids, your husband's other wife, taunting you like that. It's absolutely brutal. And Hannah has lots of choices. She, she could have lashed out. She could have been angry. She could have withdrawn. She could have given up. And her husband's pretty useless. Typical bloke. He says, Hannah, why are you crying? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Like, well, you've got me. Everything's okay. Hannah is going through the incredible pain of not being able to have children. She's one of two wives, something you saw in early civilization, even in the Bible, really pleased that that's something that, that's gone away. Can you imagine the rivalry and this ongoing white-hot skewer in that relationship? So what does Hannah do? As I said, she had a whole bunch of choices to retaliate, to act up badly, to give up, to curl up in the corner and give up on life and die, to spend a life complaining, let the bitterness consume her. What does she do in her perfect storm? Here's the story. Once they'd finished eating and drinking at Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In the bitterness of her soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. Isn't that a, a, a sad picture? And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you would only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and do not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And as she kept praying to the Lord, Eli the priest observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, but her lips were moving, but her voice wasn't heard, and Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I, I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I've, I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Don't take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answers, well, go in peace and, and may God of Israel grant you what you've asked of him. She said, may your servant find favour in your eyes. Then she went away, she ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. It turns out she does have a son, calls him Samuel, gives him over to God as soon as he's weaned. And Samuel comes and serves as a priest in this temple under Eli, whom we discover later is a really bad dude. He, he's the priest, he's supposed to be the go-between between God and his people, and yet he and his sons have no respect whatsoever for God. We'll look at them another time. Now, notice she doesn't lash out or whine or complain. She, she humbles herself before God and asks her sovereign God, pours her heart out to him in her grief. And Eli, this scoundrel, with about as much spiritual insight as my pet cat, thinks she's drunk and gives her platitudes. And yet here's a simple woman at the bottom of the heap pouring her heart out to God. And notice what it says after she does that. Verse 18, chapter 1. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. See, Hannah's feet were on solid ground. 
even before her prayer is answered, this seemingly impossible prayer. You know what this tells me? She trusted God. No matter what his answer would be, she trusted her God. She let it go, she stopped worrying, and God answered her prayer. Something sound too simple. It sounds too easy to go to God and pour your heart out and, and hand it over to him. It seems that it could never possibly make a difference. But pouring our hearts out to God is, is like a first step of putting our feet on solid ground. In, in fact, sometimes it's the only step we have. Now, you might say to me, Bernie, no, no it's too simple. In any case, what difference could it make? God already knows my problem. And I'd say this to you. This is something that over the years I've known and so often forgotten to do. Not till I hit rock bottom sometimes do I remember. And every time I do it, you know what happens? He puts my feet on solid ground. He just does. sharing the gospel with as many people as possible so they can experience a real and tangible relationship with Jesus. So before we go, I'd like to tell you about a free daily devotional to help you and your friends draw even closer to him. It's called Fresh. Each day you'll receive a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement. And the best news is that it's completely free, delivered right to your inbox each and every day where you can choose to read, listen, or watch the daily video. Completely up to you. It's God's Word, fresh for you each day. To receive your free e-devotional, just jump onto the website freshdevotional.org. You'll see the fresh e-devotional sign-up waiting right there for you. And as a bonus, I'll also send you a free copy of my e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? So head across to that website and sign up to receive Fresh. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. That web address, in case you missed it, is freshdevotional.org. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.